Whether you're a professional athlete or a seasoned corporate executive, it is easy to enjoy a lifestyle where a paycheck is calling all the shots. But is that sustainable forever? Welcome to Tell Your Boss I Quit with Pete Gutekunst, founder of Good Financial Services and financial planner with Raymond James. Pete helps you financially bridge from the journey you've started through the life goals you've imagined. Sooner or later, by force or by choice, life takes turns. Listen as Pete discusses how to take charge and make your move on your terms with confidence. Welcome back to part two of Pete's conversation with John Gronsky, CEO and founder of Leader Grove. John uses his experience and insight to help others realize their leadership qualities. But he also shares his life lessons with readers in his book, The Ride of Our Lives. And that is where I turn this over to you, Pete. Yes, Sam. Welcome back. And thank you, John, for continuing our conversation. We've been talking with John Gronsky, Major General, U.S. Army, retired, about leadership and generally how it applies in business and professional settings. But I know you'd like to extend your message beyond that. And in addition to Iron Sharpened Leadership, you wrote another book, The Ride of Our Lives, Lessons on Life, Leadership, and Love. Tell us the story behind that book, John. Yeah, well, that's actually, uh, uh, Pete, the first book that I wrote. I, I wrote this book back in 2019, I think it was actually published in 2020. And that's a book about a bicycle adventure I took back in 1983 uh, when I left active duty in the Army at Fort Lewis, Washington. And when I left active duty, my wife, Bertie, and I stayed in the Northwest uh, in, in the Tacoma, Washington area. And she worked as a nurse and I worked as a counselor. Uh, we had our, uh, our young baby, Steven, who uh, was with us at that time. And then I made a decision. So I want to uh, make sure actually, everyone understands that you're, you're going with, you're going with your wife. How, how old was your son? Yeah. Well, our, our son was uh, about 15 months old. 15 months. Okay. Keep going. I just want to make sure people yeah. have a good picture in their mind here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so my wife and I made a decision to move back from Tacoma, Washington, to Northeastern Pennsylvania. And uh, when we made that decision, I said that we, I sat down at the kitchen table with my wife one evening and I said, Hey, Barity, I said, how would, how about if we do this trip back to Northeastern Pennsylvania on bicycles rather than in our car? And uh, believe it or not, why not? She agreed to it. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's an adventurous person. Plus, you know, she grew up in Austria. Austria is about the size of Georgia, the state of Georgia. And so I don't think she understood the breadth and depth <laughs> of our country yet at that point. But anyway, she agreed to the trip. So we sold both of our vehicles and we were living in an apartment at the time. So we had our furniture shipped back to Northeastern Pennsylvania. And then it was uh, 1983 was, you know, an analog time. We didn't have all of the things that, you know, connectivity like we have today. No Internet, no Google no affordable GPS that people could carry with them, no mobile phones, believe mm. it or not. So we started this trip in an analog world and uh, had a two-man backpacking tent, two sleeping bags. I pulled my 15-month-old baby in a trailer. Uh, and, you know, um, Bertie had about 35 pounds of gear on her bicycle. I had 35 pounds of gear on my bicycle. Plus, 
with the trailer I towed, that was an additional 80 pounds of weight. Oh, you know? <laughs> yeah, between the weight of Steven, the weight of the trailer. Uh, by the way, uh, in case uh, your listeners want to know, a box of 48 Pampers weighs eight pounds. Eight pounds. <laughs> eight pounds. And so anyway, we started our trip. It was a circuitous route across the United States. We went through 13 uh, different states. Uh, ended up going as far south as Pueblo, Colorado, before we turned east into Kansas and made our way back up to Pennsylvania. But as you could imagine, in this uh, 90 days and uh, over 4,500 miles that we covered in this trip, I did learn a lot of life lessons. And I realized just how important love was to allow this trip to, to continue as successfully as it did continue. Yeah, well, that's remarkable. And you're still happily married and Steven's thriving and he, he's a Marine. Is that right? Is he, is he, he the one? He's in the Marines Marine? and yeah. mm-hmm. he is, he's thriving. He's like 40 years old now. And my wife and I have been married for about 42 years. So yeah, uh, I guess, I guess a trip like that could either break a marriage or make a marriage. So in our <laughs> case, it made marriage. Yep, absolutely. So what are some of the key takeaways that you still apply today from that journey? You you know, I think one of one of the big takeaways that we learned is, you know, in life, we come to crossroads, don't we? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, on this bicycle trip, we came to various crossroads. And again, we 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 didn't have uh, the Internet to rely on. We just had paper maps and we had to make decisions um, several times a week about, hey, which direction do we go? And uh, what one thing I learned that whatever decision we make, as long as we tackle that decision with the right attitude and with a, a you know a positive attitude, and as a team working together, no decision we make is really worth second guessing in our lives. And and I, mm. I think that's probably one of the the biggest takeaways. I I also learned you know how important teamwork is between uh, myself and my wife Berti, and even. Though Stephen was only 15 months old when we started the trip, we realized, hey, he's part of the team too. And we had to really consider, you know, uh, many times what his desires were. For example, uh, as we uh, rode our bikes day to day, we would stop about every two hours to let Stephen get out of the trailer, run around. You know, we would play with him a little bit and, mm-hmm. and you know, ensure he had some activity. And then we'd put him back in the trailer, buckle him up with his shoulder harness and seat belt, and start on our trip again but we had a you know every every leader really has to uh have the empathy to understand what the needs of their team is and so that was another i think big takeaway just how important teamwork is it's not all about the leader it's not all about one person it's about the team yeah and it's remarkable to hear you tell that too you're talking about no gps you didn't have you know a map on your phone paper maps you said uh, all of that. That's remarkable. That just I think my wife and I play this game and was well, watch a mo- an older movie and we're like, yeah, no, wouldn't would this movie have even happened or would the, how easier would it have been if they just had a cell phone? And here you guys are cross country. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, Pete, if we wanted to make a phone call, we had to find we had to find a payphone. We had to have <laughs> quarters with that. I forget. Maybe there were dimes back then. Right. You know, right. But, but we had you know we had to have change with us to to make a call and we had to find a, a payphone. The other funny thing is before we even started the trip and we we were preparing for the trip, I remember uh, uh, 
sending a check in the mail to a company who sent us back some bicycle maps. So it wasn't it wasn't jumping online and using your credit card and, and ordering the maps that were going to be there the next day. You know, it was putting a check in the mail, sending it out, waiting a few weeks for the maps to finally get back to us. So, it, you know, things were just a lot slower moving back then. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a remarkable trip. And now, you know, applying the lessons of leadership uh, across the battlefield and now a cross-country ride with your wife and your young son. Tell us about the the next book or the next idea that you have in your in you and some of the things that you're thinking about sharing with all of these experiences in one. Yeah. Well, again, that first book, The Ride of Our Lives, is about that bicycle adventure. And then the second book, Iron Sharpened Leadership. And I've been thinking, I'd like to write a third book. And this book would be titled The Iron Sharpened Family. And, uh, you know, as, as I just kind of observe what's going on in the world, what's going on in our country, I think some of the issues we have are due to the fact that there's a breakdown in the family unit. It, it doesn't matter what one visualizes that family unit to be, uh, but it's some type of partnership. There's probably uh, some younger children involved and whoever the leader or leaders of that family are really have to take that responsibility to to heart and they do have to demonstrate strong leadership for the family unit to be successful and for values to be taught to all members of the family and really live a life to support and help others yeah that's remarkable and that that's a great that's a great story and you've really kind of pulled it all together and i first i mentioned on the first episode your stories are phenomenal and they're about some some really heroic battlefield leader examples of leadership and certainly those characteristics and qualities can be applied in life anywhere uh but but where more important than than the family and and certainly uh it you talk about iron sharpened leadership i think you and birdie must be razor sharp le- leadership after a trip like that the way you've the way you've led uh, you know, you're, you made that journey across and, and like you said, and come through with, with great planning. And I think that's such, that's such an, a needed message today. You're absolutely right. I'm so grateful to hear that you're working on it. And I think that's a, a wonderful thing to be, you know, pursuing. And, and I think that message really brings it, you know, back to that whole 360 degree, uh, circumstance, uh, so John, you, you could, I just yeah, want to yeah. kind of mm-hmm. cut in one minute. I'm, I'm, I really appreciate what you said about me and, and Barry being sharpened leaders, but we've had our, our struggles. <laughs> we've had our, our leadership failings. And, you know, I, I think if somebody has never failed at anything, they probably haven't learned much, you know, so we've, we've had our, our challenges along the way. And, and I don't want anybody to think I have all the answers because I certainly don't, but, uh, uh, I think I think uh, because we've had our challenges, this book will be even more impactful for me. Ab- you know, absolutely. No, I'm with you. Yeah, I hear you. And that's, you know, that's how it gets sharpened, right? It just doesn't, <laughs> if there's no friction, it's not going to get sharp. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell us what some of your uh, most powerful moments uh, of leadership that you've experienced. You've had so many, you've, you've traveled across the country, you, you know, been a general Tell us some of your most powerful leadership experiences. You know, on that bicycle trip of ours, we were the ultimate thin-skinned vehicles. I mean, we were out (laughs) there. We didn't have a support van or anything like that following us. So uh, 
again, we, as I mentioned earlier, we did have to work together as a team. Uh, but so that was certainly an impactful leadership experience that I had. Uh, another one was uh, when I led the brigade in Ramadi, Iraq in 2005 and 2006. Very violent, very chaotic time. Uh, we had to overcome a, a great deal of adversity. And, uh, you know, our, our, our soldiers and, and Marines, because I had soldiers and Marines in, in the brigade, uh, you know, they had to endure seeing their buddies get killed in action, seeing their buddies get wounded in action. And I am so proud of them because even under those circumstances, they understood the importance of staying true to their military values and their American values. So they they didn't let any of those struggles get the best of them. Uh, they still treated the Iraqi civilians with a great deal of dignity and respect treated each other with dignity and respect. And again, just, just adhered to the values that we've uh, learned are so important for us to follow in the military. So that, that was uh, probably the most uh, honorable leadership experience I had and certainly learned a lot of lessons in that one year that we were deployed to, to Ramadi, Iraq. You know, you've said that over and over is values, core values, and and I think that's such a critical aspect of leadership, whether it's leadership of your family, leadership of your workplace, leadership of your troop, your battalion. Uh, it just is such a critical aspect of leadership, and I, and I think you've really drummed that home here. That's really, it's who you are, the best of the story you told about Coach K, and, and that's really the true aspect of re really comes through. And that's that's such a critical thing. And, you know, we're talking about real life experiences. Uh, I'm curious, though, who is your inspiration, any, any particular leader that you admire, living or dead, that really inspires your values? Yeah, I would have to start with my father. You know, my, my father... Uh was born back in the 19 teens. Uh, his father died uh, three months before my dad was born. Hmm. Uh, he, uh, my grandfather died in, 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 in the mine. So my father was born into a, a, a single parent home. And because of that, uh, he had to uh, leave school in the seventh grade and begin to work for a living. So at the age of you know, 12, 13 years old, no more school, just, just work. Uh, he did serve in World War II, and after World War II, he uh, he started a, a family business, uh, you know, a garage, used car lot, towing service uh, that really flourished into a very, very uh, successful business in in Music, Pennsylvania, became a landmark in that community. So, just very proud of what what he accomplished. I really learned from him what it means to have a good work ethic. He had a a, a a way of ensuring that our family really stayed united and 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 learned to really love one another. So I learned those things from him. Uh, and then, you know, just various leaders that I, I had throughout the military, uh, beginning with some platoon sergeants I had when I was on active <laughs> duty, who really uh, taught me what it meant to be a, a soldier and how to soldier. And then, uh, you know, the last two commanders I, I worked for over in, in U.S. Army Europe, General Hodges and General Cavoli, two outstanding leaders I learned a lot from. So 
and and a lot in between in my military career. You know, I'll give you a, I'll give you a real quick story about uh, my division sergeant major I had when I was the commanding general of the 28th Infantry Division. My sergeant major, Sergeant Major Kepner, uh, was was just a, a great mentor of mine. And uh, there was one day when he comes up to me and he goes, "Hey, sir," he goes, "You know, I see you send a lot of emails out on the weekend." I said, yeah, yeah, you know, Sergeant Major, I'm always thinking about things. And when I think <laughs> of something, I, I just like to get it out. And he said, I don't know if you realize this, but when you send an email out to people, you know, they drop everything and, and uh, uh, immediately start working on the thought you had. I said, no, no, Sergeant Major, no, <laughs> no. Like when I send these emails out on the weekend, I don't mean for anybody to stop doing what they're doing and start working on stuff on the weekend. He goes, I know you don't mean for that to happen, but when you send emails out on the weekend, that's exactly what happens. Absolutely. Yeah, he gave me some (laughs) mentorship about, you know what? Don't do that to people. You know, if if I want the people who work for me to enjoy their time off, don't start sending them emails about thoughts that I have uh, because they're going to start working on it because I'm the boss. And again, that's just an example of an NCO giving me some really down-to-earth advice that I... uh, thankfully had the wisdom to listen to his advice. And, and I think it just made the organization that much better. Right. Well, you've said that too. You, you were open to receiving that too. And that's a mark of a great leader yourself. So that's a, that's another great story. And I hope that everyone is inspired by your, your leadership. I know I am. I'm, I'm grateful to have uh, gotten to, to know you and have you here on our podcast. And I hope people will come back and uh, try to tune into your blog and uh, and your other resources. So I know we asked you at the end of the last podcast, but just how do, how do people hear more from John Gronsky? Best way would be to go to my website, johngronsky.com. Got a lot of free leadership development resources on, on the website. Uh, they tune into my YouTube channel. They could read my blogs. Uh, they could download a free a leadership pamphlet that will help people become sharper leaders. So that's the best way to get in touch. And they also active on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. So any one of those channels. All right. Very good. And uh, maybe you could uh, uh, do a bicycle repair book in there too for us. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might be able to do that, but uh, I, I prefer riding a bike to repairing a bike. Yeah, I'm with you there. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much, John. I, I really appreciate you spending time with us and sharing your stories. And uh, don't be a stranger here to tell your boss I quit. You can find us at uh, goodfinancial.com. Uh, we would love to have a conversation and hear about your goals and your values and, and help you achieve what you want to in life. And we're happy to have that conversation. If you'd like to pick up our book, Tell Your Boss I Quit, go to tellyourbossiquitbook.com and be sure to share our our podcast with others. Uh, Tune in, uh, like it, and uh, we hope to see you around next time. And John, thanks again for being with us today. Thank you for listening to Tell Your Boss I Quit. Click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. To learn more about defining your financial purpose and how you can thrive, and not sacrifice your spending in retirement. Download Tell Your Boss I Quit by Pete Goodekinst. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Raymond James. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. 
Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your individual situation. Securities are offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. Goot Financial Services is not a broker dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services.